How much do you know yourself? What are the fears and limiting beliefs that you are still replaying in your life? We live in a multiple reality check where our schoolroom becomes our greatest teacher to either grow or stay in the comfort limited places. It is always our choice. It is always in our free will to decide where we want to be. Knowing yourself and what you want is the starting point to be open, embrace and upgrade your reality. Discover more in episode 58, Discovering the Path to Your Heart with Monica Ramirez. Welcome everyone to our episode 58, Discovering the Path to Your Heart with an honor guest, Monica Ramirez. She's with us to talk about all the work that she's doing in this Path to the Heart. And her bio is that she's a creative and passionate and deeply connected. She's the warrior of love. Since she was born, she was very open with her gifts and dedicates her life to honor them. She heals herself from lupus rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, and depression, and she understands that this is part of her teaching to help others do the same. She's the artist of authenticity, which means she's the artist in the traditional sense and also teaches people how to master the art of love. She's a transformational belief coach and helps others go from confusion to confidence to design the, la the life of your dreams and have the freedom and be empowered in loving yourself. So welcome, Monica. It's a pleasure to have you here. And to begin with this journey, I would like to know your story. <laughs> Hi, David. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Well, my story, um, I come from a family of healers. I been, uh, I believe I've been channel I started channeling when I was a kid. I, I saw my guides and so forth, and I always been guided. And uh, it took me a while to understand that part after I healed myself. And that was a process. I, like you mentioned, I had a lupus, RA, fibromyalgia, and a depression, and I was taking medication for more than 15 years. And, uh, and med I was trying to look for alternatives. Well, not for alternatives. I was trying to look for my healing from outside myself with doctors and, you know, medications and, and uh, studies and so forth. And I was not getting better. But then I was having epilepsy and I was just getting worse. And my life was depending on someone because I couldn't even drive. And um, and that's when I realized that if I was continuing like that, I was going to die. That's something that the lupus do. And, you know, as many people have died from that. And that's when I started realizing that I provoke myself that sickness. Mm -hmm. That if I wanted to actually change it, I have to change it from inside because the medication was not going to do it. Prednisone, uh, cortisone, uh, it was not going to heal me at all. In fact, it was going to kill me. And I start uh, taking classes with different teachers in New Zealand, in, in England, in different places. 
And that's when I realized uh, that I was responsible creating that sickness. And I start becoming uh, responsible my own actions, start forgiving myself. I start confronting um, my fears. I start become, uh, stop being the victim. And when I start owning my, my, own, my own issues that I was needing to deal with, that's when I started healing myself. And I started learning how to work with my own depression. So like that, I, now I teach people in groups and one-on-one how to deal with all this. Uh, we provoke ourselves all this. I am a true believer that all our sickness are psychosomatic, that we provoke it ourselves. And I have provoked, I was living a miserable life uh, in that time. Uh, and, and I did that to myself. Hmm. And what was like the turning point where you said, this is enough, I'm not going to trust in, in this um, external aid process and I'm going to go deep into. That was my first interaction I had with one of my guides. It was in one of my dreams. Okay. More directly, even if I was, I was a poet, I am a poet in Spanish and I'm also um, a painter. Even if I, I thought it was all my creation, I always was being guided with, through my poetry and through my paintings, but I did not saw it until that time that I, I had a dream that in one of my dreams, I was just tired of being sick, tired of being depressed, tired of all that. And in one of my dreams, I just, my, I did the intention before I went to sleep that I, I just wanted to end that. But I did not have the guts to kill myself. So, uh, and I just asked in my dream to, or shift me, or I didn't want uh, to shift my reality, or just, I did not want to wake up. And, uh, and in my dream, one of my, uh, my higher self came to me and told me, okay, you want to, you want to change it? You want to shift your reality? Okay, you have to uh, jump into this precipice. And you have heard, many of us, we have heard that in, uh, that there's the fear that if you die when you're asleep, you are not going to wake up. And, uh, and I look at the precipice, it was dark. And, uh, and I was like scared. I told her, and I told her, you know, it's like, I heard this, that if I died in my sleep, I'm not going to wake up. It's like, then it's your choice. You can go back to your bed and everything is going to be exactly how you have it, how you know it. And in that moment, I opened my arms and I jump. Mm. And when I jump, I came back into a different reality. After that, I, I did not got swollen. I did not have pain. I did not have, I, I have energy. And I start in that moment, that's when I start understanding. First of all, at the beginning, I did not, I was shifting in realities and uh, jumping in, in different dimensions. So I did not knew what it was going on. I thought I was getting crazy. And uh, and I could not even talk to anyone because it's like, oh my God, they're going to put me in a mental hospital if I tell someone that what is going on is day or is night or, or what is going on. It's like I was sick a week ago, swollen and in pain and feeling terrible and suicidal. And now I feel completely different. So, and that's when I met one of my teachers in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I told her, uh, when we asked for the teacher, it always arrives, and that's what happened. 
And, uh, and I told her what was going on with me. And I told her, am I crazy? Tell me what is going on with me because I feel crazy. Or else I, I go to a mental hospital, you know. And, uh, and she told me, no, you're not crazy. You're just jumping in realities and you don't know how to stay in one. But she, that, was what, that was one of my first lessons, how to stay uh, consciously in one reality. So, because I was jumping and jumping and jumping in different realities. And, uh, and it was completely emotional because the dimensions are different state of conscious that we have. Now I understand, but then I didn't knew that. And when I learned how to stay in the reality that I, I wanted to and the things that I have to work. And that's when I started taking classes. I took uh, different uh, modalities, uh, NLP, um, um, linguistic programming, MBQH, hypnotherapy, life coaching, and so forth. I, I studied all this because I wanted to heal first myself. I was wanted to know what was going on with me. And many gifts started showing up, and I was like, I didn't know what was going on. I was already a, a master Reiki. I was already practicing, I was already working as a master Reiki with people, but it felt like it was missing a lot of information. It was missing a lot. That's when I, writing my poetry, that's when I saw one of my guides and it was the same voice that I was hearing all the time, but this time I was seeing him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God, you're the one being dictating me this. And that's when finally I started having a conversation with my guides. And that's when I realized all my artwork for 40 years, I mean, an artist for 45 years, that's when I realized that I've been guiding all my life through my art. And I always, I have used always a symbology in, in my art and uh, in my paintings, but I did not know where they was coming from. I was, I thought I was being sneaky and trying to hide it, but no. I was being guided all this, all my life actually to, to do this. And I, um, after that, I realized that there were many people because all my friends, like, what do you did? Uh, how do you heal yourself? They start asking me, I see a change in you. Everybody starts seeing a big change in me because first of all, it was stop being the victim. Mm. And that's when they start asking me and my face and everything started changing and shifting. That's when I, uh, I realized, okay, there's more people that needs the same help. And I start now sitting down with my guides. Okay, let's create a program where I can help people transform their lives. And that's where I created Path to the Heart. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that there, there goes in levels. The first one, it is stopping the victim. You know, and, uh, and and empower yourself, forgive yourself, learn to have to love yourself and so forth. And then after that, okay, where now we can talk about past lives. Now we can talk about clearing the, the, the family lineage and so forth. That's my second, uh, my second level. And my third level, it is um, how to channel the your their psychic powers and so forth. But... Mm -hmm. Uh, I realized that the ego also, I, and I am already continuing my path, of course. I do not know everything. As the same universe is continuing expanding. Of course, I continue expanding myself. And, but that's when I realized you can throw someone to, let's start channeling when they still have um, the fears that uh, 
like you talk to to a, a being that is in front of you or, or you're hearing you're crazy or the religion tell you you can't talk to god directly you have to talk to the priest so the priest can talk to god so there were people with have all those programs so that's why i always recommend this go first to step one level one so like that you believe in yourself so like that you know that you're worth it Let's, let's reprogram all those, uh, remove all those fears and limitations. So like that, you actually, why not talk to God? And how do you um, distinguish the different realities that you were jumping from? How did you uh, get to the knowledge of, of telling yourself or recognizing through yourself that this was not the reality that you wanted and then you shifted from there to the next? I believe the intention is very magical for human beings. We don't understand how magical is the intention. <coughs> so when we realize that we don't wanna be in certain reality, we can make the intention. We always, every single human being, we are changing of different realities every day and every minute. We just not becoming aware. We're not observers of our reality. When we become aware where we are, you're gonna see different um, things that they were not in that reality. Like there is a new door that it was not there. There is a, a, a window, it was not there. Or suddenly your light is pay off or your water is pay off or suddenly uh, people that they were not nice to you, now they're super nice. Or different things that you were not imagined. We question every single good thing that happened to us and instead of just accepting it, we're in a different reality. That's why one of the reasons. Mm -hmm. In my case, when I wake up, I went to sleep around 11 o'clock. And when I wake up, the first, that was the first time when I thought it was getting crazy. Mm -hmm. When I wake up, I it was like noon o'clock and everybody were asleep at the house. And it's like, why was everybody asleep at noon? And how many hours I slept? Usually I'm a night owl, so I sleep four to six hours. And that night it was 12 hours. That was almost impossible that I did. So I got so scared that I went back to sleep. And when I wake up, it was night again. It's like, oh my God, do I sleep another 12 hours? <laughs> And that's when I start feeling, and I start seeing things different at home. There were doors that were not there. There were windows that they were not there before. The attitude of uh, the people I was living, it was very different. And uh, some good, some bad. I'm not gonna, say, uh, not gonna say that this real, the next reality is gonna be better than this one. Mm -hmm. It's important to live in our present moment in the reality we're in for a reason we're there. Now I understand that because those are the things that we have to work on. Hmm. That time I did not know that. So it's your reflection that creates the reality. So what you mean is that whenever we have the intention to heal something, we should shift from within the, the intention of healing so that we can reflect a different reality. 
Yes. And and heal ourselves. If you don't think you deserve it or you don't worth mm. it. So you're not even going to accept that reality. So you're going to go back to the old reality where you don't deserve it and you don't worth it. So that is basic, that you need to heal that part, the inner child, the, all the wounds that we have and heal. I have not met anyone that in reality don't have to heal any, something. Yeah. Everybody will claim, oh, no, I'm perfect, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> but did you actually make a, a deep dive inside of you? There's Everybody have to, something to heal, including the Dalai Lama, or else he would not be here in this plane. Yeah. So in your case, what were some of the things that you have to heal and how did you address them in terms of the of the wounds that you recognize? Well, I start observing the, about the judgment. I, I, I'm Mexican, so the judgment it is very, very strong. I'm not going to say that not in the United States where I live now, but it is more stronger, the, the judgment in, in our culture, how a Mexican woman should behave and should act and so forth. It is more stronger than here, than in the United States. So I started observing what it was actually the judgments of others, how it was affecting me. Mm -hmm. And that's when, when I, the first, the first time that I understood that whatever other people think about me, it was not my problem. It was just a reflection that they were seeing on me that they have to work, not me. If I judge someone, then it's my work. What I'm seeing in someone else that's something that, I, that I'm judging on them. That's something that I have to work on myself. Then I learned how to become the observer. Observer of my own thoughts and my own emotions. If something is making me react, then that's something that I have to work. Mm -hmm. And that's when I start the process of actually healing myself. Okay. Um, when you say that you are communicating or you were communicating with the with the mediums you said um how did you communicate with them through the sleep or just channeling the the energy now i do i now i do consciously channeling i am in communication all the time i work with myself every single day every every single hour every single moment I'm always channeling, but now I'm not, I can feel them. I can hear them. I do automatic writing. I, I do light language. I, it's, it's all the time. Now it comes in, in different ways. So it's just a matter of, I know they're always with us. We're no, we can't be alone ever but they can get close to us because we have the free will. We have to ask them for, for help or for an advice or for any communication. In the moment we do, do, do that, we ask for that communication or that help or that assistance, they're there. I'm no more special than anyone else. Everybody channels all the time. Where do you think the creativity comes from? The thing is we do not believe in ourselves and that's an old program. That needs to be banished. Okay. Um, what do you think is the most um, challenging belief 
in terms of um, breaking that um, pattern of not trusting yourself. And believing in yourself. I believe that's the more hardest part to believe. I had uh, two art galleries here. In, I live in McAllen, Texas. And I had two art galleries. And in there, I remember many artists went there to exhibit their art. And they were just starting. Musicians, poets, dancers, actors, dancers, name it. And when they went there, they did not believe in themselves, a majority of them. So unconsciously, because I did not have the tools that I have now, I start working with them and uh, they, they start believing in themselves. Some of them, they start exhibiting in Europe, they start exhibiting in different places after that because they start believing and calling themselves, I am an actor, I am a painter, I am a, a sculptor, I am this or I am that. They start believing in themselves. That I knew before even I got all the tools and I even before even I believed completely in myself. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the hardest parts for me to believe that I uh, believing in myself, believing who I am, believing that I was not crazy, <laughs> believing that I that I deserve good things. But to believe that I deserve good things, I need to know who I was. Okay. Um, you mentioned about the Mexican culture, and I and I agree on that that there is a, a strong message of not believing more for women because they are uh, more in that kind of judgment about practically everything. But what are the some of the messages that you can see now in another society that replicate the, the limiting belief of not trusting? What can you say to two examples or two things that you have seen here and there? Well, there are differences between the cultures from Mexican culture to American culture. There are, but a lot of them, they're the same for women. We can say women, we have it easy in the rest of the world because we live in a patriarch society. Mm -hmm. And so everything is made in that patriarch society. Religion is have uh, the places they are more religious are the ones they are more stuck. And because they have a lot of fears. If you have fears, you're easy to control. So the more the, the people that are or the countries that are more religious are the ones that are having more problems with uh with believing in themselves because we go to the same thing. You can't talk directly to God unless you go to the priest or you go to any kind of intermediary. <laughs> so in the, in the case of women, yes, there are very archaic uh, programs. They have got us stuck in our roles, paper roles. They how the woman has, uh, should behave and act and be and also the men, I, I can deny that. The men has to have certain roles. They have to act uh, and, and, and be and think and say and so forth. And that's too much pressure for both of us. And that limits us to become the real us. Mm -hmm. And that's what has got us stuck. Mexico has their own issues. Uh, grew up in Mexico. Mexico has their own issues. 
but also United States and any, any country has their own issues. We can say that in the United States, you're gonna have it easier. No, it's gonna be the same thing as, as we are humans. Let's put it like that. <laughs> yes. Um, what do you think can help to um, ameliorate or to ease the pain of, of those kind of judgment and those kind of limiting places in terms of trusting more in ourselves? What can we do so that we can uh, flow more instead of keeping us stuck in the same place? Well, if we're talking about judgments, that's one of the biggest stocks from all the human beings because that's where a lot of the fears comes and people please her and so forth. In fact, I just had a, a masterclass that I teach <coughs> about that. And today I'm going to have it again uh, about people pleasers because that's where the judgments comes. We're in fear that we're going to be rejected, that we're not going to be loved, that... Um, that some, or we're afraid of conflict and so forth. So we tend to hide. We tend to um, stay in a, in a comfortable zone because we're too afraid to go there. We let other people dictate us our, our value mm -hmm. through judgments. We let other, we give the power away to other people until we actually, you wanna really become free what other, you have to understand this, what other people think about you, it is not your problem. It is their problem. What do you think about yourself? That's the thing that you have to work. Other people are going to be their people. They're going to have their own issues. They're going to have their own traumas. They're going to have their own healing process if they want to or not, because we have the free will, all of us. The only difference is if you let other people tell you what are you worth? Then you're stuck to the values of them. What did they put you in there? If they tell you, you as a, as a woman, I, I was, like I mentioned, raised in a Catholic church in Mexico. I was studied with nuns. Hmm. And in the moment I let other people tell me, oh, you just have to be a mother. You have to be a, a wife. You have to stay with the same man forever, married to the same man forever, even if they treat you like terrible. And then I'm limiting myself. I'm not valuing myself enough. If that person is cheating on me or beating me or treating me bad or whatever, or I'm paying all the bills and he's just a lazy person. If I go with those limitations, I'm going to stay there forever until I decide not to. And those are the programs of the society have put us in the rest of the world. It's not, uh, not only that, but it is very marked when you're in a, growing up in a Christian society, like I was raised. And the best way, yes, I'm not gonna say that my family do not judge me because I've been married four times. I'm not gonna say that my family do not judge me because I, I have done that. But at the same time, it is the only limitations. Probably they might be happy. They might not be happy with the meat they have, but that's not my issue to fix them. My issue is to fix myself how much I worth, how much I love myself, how much I appreciate myself, and how much I am not going to put with things and set boundaries. Hmm. Yes. 
I totally agree with that because I also see a lot of these things in, in the clients that I have that they are more concerned of moving from a job, moving from a city, moving from uh, a relationship that is that they know that they, it is toxic in spite of not having um, danger, but they stay in those places because of what are people going to think. And they can live their practically their whole lives. And as you mentioned, there are a lot of marriages also that are just uh, there because that's what they have to do, but not because they are happy, not because they talk to each other, not because they share. So there's a lot of space there to grow in terms of knowing what your heart is telling you, no? There is a misinterpretation about love in the world as humans. We do not understand what is really unconditional love. When we're loving someone, we're not trying to change them. We're not judging them. We're just loving them. It's like when we're having a baby in our hands. In the moment you're having a baby, you just love the baby and you're not trying to, oh, I, I wish it will be darker or, or lighter or it will be taller or smaller or thinner or fatter. Mm -hmm. We're just loving the baby, how exactly how it is in our hands. Like we're feeling that love. The same applies for a puppy that you see in or a, that you're having. You're just loving the puppy. You're not thinking, oh, I wish it was black or it was whatever color you want to put it or a different race to the puppy. You're just loving the puppy in that moment. The same applies for humans. We're not trying to change it. That's what is really unconditional love. When we're not trying to fix, change, or judge or anything. And the majority of the human beings, when they say they love someone, they're trying to change it, control them, and, tell, uh, and judging them all the time and telling them what to do. That's not love. Love is just respecting the other human being as they are. If you can't stand them for whatever reason it is, first of all, ask yourself how much you honor and respect yourself. If you're not doing that to yourself, how you're going to ask someone to love you and respect you when you're not doing that to yourself? We go what I, I say early. If something is making you react it is not a problem of, the, of your mate or your parents or the family or the society. It is your problem. If something is making you react, that's where the work start, starts. Inside of you, not outside of you. It's going to be reflected later on. Mm -hmm. Because you might change friends, you might change um, jobs or houses or cities or, or different things. But it's going to be reflected outside the inner work that you do with you. Okay. And um, how do you start this journey of listening more to, to the messages? Because in spite of not wanting to recognize that is the work that you have to do for you, how do you understand that your heart is telling you? What are the signals? What are the emotions that you are probably feeling to recognize that you have to move on well how i started 
first I started listening to my body mm. and started getting to know me because my body is also part of me. If my body says, don't eat this, not because everybody's pushing you to eat this, you have to eat it. You might not like it, but finding who you are, you will find what you like, what colors you like, what food you like, who you are. And the majority, as an NLP, one of the first things that we do is the majority of the human beings do not know what they want. So is if we go with a yellow brick road of, of the Wizard of Oz, that's the road that we have to go to go to the Emerald City, according to the Wizard of Oz. And the majority of the human beings do not have that uh, yellow brick road. They just say they just want to be happy. Okay, but what it feels to be happy? What sensation? How imagine yourself being happy? How it feels? How it tastes? How it smells? that happiness. And the majority of human beings do not have that. And I always, uh, to all my clients, I always tell them, okay, first of all, what do you want? Because mm -hmm. what do you want? Then that's when we can start talking about what are your limitations? What is your blockage? What is stopping you to achieve? What do you really want? And many times when we want something, we have to ask ourselves, no one else, to ourselves is whatever you want it is because you want it or because your parents your husband your kids the society your aunts someone that told you that that's you should have that mm -hmm. but you have to ask yourself that's what you really want or not so like that you start getting to know who you truly are and one of the big things i i love meditation and going to the void is one of my best places and my favorite places to go. Mm -hmm. Because in the void, that's when you can take all who you think you are. You think you're a Mexican, you think you're a woman, you think you're this color, you think you're Catholic or you're Muslim or whatever. You think you're an artist, you think you're a writer, you think you're this or you're a podcaster, whatever you, you are. That's when you start taking everything out. And that's when you, in reality, you start seeing the real being who you are because you're taking all the programs that told you who you are right now. When in reality, probably you're not, or you might. I don't know. That depends on each human being. Yes. I totally agree with that because many times we think that happiness is creating a book or creating a program or creating something. And once we have that, or once we achieve that, we don't really feel like we thought we were going to feel. So, because as you mentioned, it has been pushed by every other person or the culture or the society or whatever it is that is external also, and it's leading you to, to crave that, but if you don't do that work that you mentioned of becoming no one, uh, just your energy and sensing, if I get to this place or if I do this, am I really going to be happy? Is it really something that I want? And those are the, I think, the, the big questions. So how would you 
um, guide now people in terms of beginning this journey right now that they have had a lot of uh, confusion messages toxic things that happened throughout these two years what do you recommend that they can start to do the work first of all write down what you want and then after that write down what are your fears and after you i even have a um a little workbook that is that I created. It is about this. And what are your fears? And those fears actually apply in your life or they're fears from your ancestors telling you that you should fear the snake or you should fear the heights. And you need to ask yourself if those fears are really from you or coming from someone else. Your beliefs. What are your beliefs? Do you really think that like one of the, uh, they used to tell me my, my parents all the time, do you think the money grows in the trees? Mm-hmm. And well, actually you do, it is a paper, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's made of paper, so. Exactly, so it, it do come from a tree. So, <laughs> but those are beliefs that yeah. in the moment you start writing, what are your beliefs? Are they true? And ask yourself, those beliefs are true that can make that can create just just writing it down journaling about this can make a big shift and also we have to understand that yes we all have done many mistakes in our lives that's part of the lessons no one learns from the successes we only learn from our mistakes that's how human beings were designed but we can continue repeating the same mistake over and over and over if we don't observe what we learn from each mistake. And forgive ourselves for the mistake. You just act with information you had at the time. So just forgive yourself for any mistakes. Learn what you uh, observe, what you learn from that mistake. And it is even easier to forgive others and forgive yourself. So like that, you can move forward or else you're going to be stuck in there repeating the same mistake over and over and over until you choose different. Yes, perfect. So um, what do you want to say just to wrap up the, the topic and make people reflect on the things that we have said? Well, always ask why? why you're doing what you're doing. Are you happy doing what you're doing? If you're not happy, what is stopping you to do something different? Are you too comfortable in your comfortable zone? Are you a people pleaser? And why you're pleasing others? Because you really want to, because you don't know how to say no. And why you don't know how to say no? Because you're in fear of rejection, of they're not going to love you or they're going to judge you. And you're giving too much to what other people think. Then you're limiting yourself. Why are you giving your power away? Just love yourself first. You're important. I believe that's the main things that we can start to create our transformation. 
Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. If it resonates with you and it gives you insight, breakthroughs, and makes you want to ask what you want in your life, just help us to give questions, to share, to interact with us, and to follow the links to interact with Monica and all the tools that she has. So where can people find you easier? Well, I'm going to have a glass of Path to the Heart, the level one. It's going to be in May 2nd to May 30th. It's going to be five weeks. And uh, they can find me in, um, in Facebook as Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love. Or they can find me also in, um, in, in my website that is MonicaRamirezWarriorOfLove.com. Okay. And we are going to post all the links to the class and to the website and YouTube and Facebook pages. Thank you, everyone. We will listen to each other on our next episode. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode and integrating with this community to cultivate more awareness and consciousness in your inner health to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality merch, visit www.davidortegab.com. Remember that you can subscribe to become a premium member and receive plenty of benefits in all five areas of your life. Nutrition, metabolism, emotional resilience, consciousness and abundance, 